The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. Let's go ahead and call the city council meeting for April 25th to order. Let the record reflect the starting time of 421. And with that, uh, Clerk um, Swope, would you please take the roll? Uh, certainly. Um, Councilmember Brown. Present. Councilmember Daniels. Present. Councilmember Garza. Here. Councilmember Hussein. Here. Councilmember Jackson. Present. Councilmember Spadafore. Present. Councilmember Spitzley. Councilmember Wood. Here. There are seven members present at quorum. Councilmember Spitzley is absent. And we are to the meditation and Pledge of Allegiance. All right. Do we have anybody that we need to remember uh, during tonight's moment of meditation? Uh, Mayor Shore. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Um, Pat Day, the former Lugnuts general manager uh, from 10 years ago or so, he passed, I'd say, suddenly. He was 45 years old. He had a wife and young children. And he passed away suddenly, and I hope we will remember him. Those who've been here remember Pat. I, I knew him a little bit, but uh, but I hear he's a wonderful gentleman, so I hope we'll keep him in our memories. Thank you. We certainly will. Are there others? All right, if you'll join me in a moment of meditation followed by the Pledge, Pledge of Allegiance, I'd appreciate it. Okay, we are to the order of <clears throat> special ceremonies and presentations. We have a tribute in recognition. No, we don't. <laughs> uh, we have a tribute in recognition of Workers Memorial Day. Councilman Garza. Thank you, Council President. Sorry, and Mayor Shore. Thank you. workers were lost through fatal workplace accidents in Michigan. 
And whereas it is appropriate to honor the memory of the courageous and dedicated members of Michigan's labor force who have been injured, disabled, and have died as a result of workplace accidents. And whereas we remembered those who have died in workplace catastrophes, suffered occupational related diseases, or have been injured due to dangerous conditions. Whereas recognition of the integrity of Michigan's workforce and its achievements on behalf of the economic growth of our state is necessary, and whereas the Lansing City Council wishes to pay tribute to the workers who have died, been injured, or disabled workplace accidents. We honor the contributions of Michigan's workforce and call for increased worker safety. And whereas the Lansing City Council renews efforts to seek stronger workplace safety and health protections, better standards and enforcement, and fair and just compensation. And by rededicating ourselves to improving safety and health in every city workplace, now there be it resolved that the Lansing City Council does hereby proclaim April 28, 2022 as Worker Memorial Day in the City of Lansing and encourage City of Lansing residents to become educated and informed about programs, services, and opportunities to support a safe work environment. With that, I'd move the resolution. All right, there is a motion on the floor. Is there further discussion? Seeing and hearing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All those opposed, same sign. Motion carries. Mayor Shore, you have anything to add? Uh, well, I don't want to repeat what the councilman um, just just read. That was very eloquent. Um, but uh, we certainly, here in the city of Lansing, recognize uh, workplace safety, uh, the importance of workplace safety, keeping our, our workers safe. Uh, we've had too many that have that have um, died or been injured, and um, this is tremendously important. Uh, I've been able to do this uh, with with Jim and with others. Every year since I was first elected, we, we talk about this every year. We should talk about this every year and remind the public how important it is, uh, how important the jobs are that our workers do, whether city or not, um, and reminding everyone the importance of workplace safety. So I'm not going to read my whole thing, but um, I will add to this now. Therefore, I, Andy Shore, Mayor of the City of Lansing, by the power vested in me, do hereby proclaim April 28, 2022 as Workers Memorial Day in Lansing. I encourage all Lansing residents to reflect on the importance of workplace safety and the call for increased workplace safety standards. Thank you, Jim, for championing this. Thank you to all of our, our labor friends and workers in the city and, and everywhere. I'd just like to say I um, uh, appreciate the city council, the mayor's office for recognizing the safety of our workers. Uh, there's, th through the years, as the mayor said, there's workers who lost their lives got uh, seriously injured or um, and also um, disabled and um, so with this recognition it goes to the workers their families and their, and their um, colleagues so thank you again on behalf of the Greater Lansing Labor Council thank you for this Okay, now we have a presentation on the ordinance to amend chapter 1060, licensing of waste haulers. Sure, Councilman Daniels. All right, so tonight we have a public hearing on an ordinance of the city of Lansing to amend the Lansing codified ordinances amending uh, chapter 1060, uh, section 1060.9 to add specific requirements that an applicant for a waste hauler license must provide to the city and to create reporting requirements for the applicant to provide the public service department every six months. Uh, we also received letters from Granger and the Lansing Regional Chamber of Commerce. Tonight we have Lori Welch, uh, the sustainability manager here for a presentation. 
All right. Thank you so much, Ms. Welch, for being here. We appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, I was actually part of uh, the committee when we asked you to come down and actually present before we had the public hearing. Um, and so we're going to turn the floor over to you just to talk a little bit about um, this uh, amendment request, uh, why it's needed, why it's necessary, and then we'll certainly uh, entertain any questions if we have those at that time. Thank you. I have to push this in. Okay. <laughs> Um, there are several different reasons why we um, submitted a request to amend the ordinance, and it's basically just to provide the city of Lansing with some very basic standard information that we feel is pretty important to best manage the program. So we're looking at just asking licensed waste haulers in the city to provide us with basic route and collection information, um, what they charge for services, and that kind of basic information. But more importantly for my work, it's the data so um, I would like to have either weight or volume of waste collected in the city, and this does a couple things for us. It, all, it helps us to calculate a diversion rate, which um, by that I mean how much waste we divert from landfills by way of recycling and composting. We can't figure that out if we don't know what's being collected waste-wise in the city. Uh, we also need that data for our greenhouse gas inventories, um, and that helps us in the fight against climate change. Waste is one of the major sectors that we look at for, for data to calculate citywide emissions. And again, without that data from waste haulers, we're simply just guessing. So that's why we requested the amendment. Okay. Do we have any questions? Councilman Spadafore? Lord, thank you for uh, keeping an eye on the pro or this, this effort. What is, what value to the the information you're trying to glean does the say the rates charged by the companies that we're licensing bring to the table? That's just basically for our department to be able to compare what services are being charged for to our residents in the city and comparing our services to them and different other service providers. Okay, um, and then. Do, it's my understanding this report on um, the lo the loads and, and uh, number of waste, um, the stuff that you're requesting in, in the ordinance is already required, required by state law on an annual basis. Is that, am I wrong on that? It is definitely encouraged for us to collect because I do report this information to the state and um, there are a lot of people in this, it, the industry who are looking for cities to report out. Um, historically, we've just been able to guesstimate basically because we don't have the information. But yeah, it would be really valuable to the state as well. Is the frequency important that it's six months or is once a year sufficient? I think once a year we could manage, but I think we put in for every six months just so that we could kind of start to look at that a little bit more closely and compare it to what we are collecting in the city as well, just trying to manage it because some of the reports are uh, more frequent than annually. What's the ultimate end goal for that? I mean, I know you want to get a handle on diversion from landfills and what, but what's the ultimate end goal with this? Basically just to have you know, really standard operating procedures handled so that we can look at that data from year to year or from quarter to quarter even um, periodically and um, measure and manage better um, this, this sector. Um, the waste stream is, it tells us a lot of valuable information and it helps us manage the department a little bit more efficiently when we have the data and we don't have to guess. Do you have a report like this from our department? 
I'm sorry, I didn't hear. That. I'm sorry, I'm kind of tired and whispering. Um, do you have a do? Does our Department of Refuse re, uh, report this information? Yes, the city of Lansing does report out what we pick up, but because there are private waste haulers that operate in the city as well, um, we just don't have a complete picture of the waste picked up in the city. <clears throat> Thank you. Vice President Wood, then Councilman Brown. Um, hi, Lori. Um, not sitting on the committee, my, my question to you would be, I know in previous things that we've dealt with waste, um, we have brought Granger in and had them sit down at the table uh, and other waste haulers, um, but it's mainly been Granger who, who's come to the table and sat down with us. Um, have, has they been part of the discussion? Have you had um, communications with them at all? Just a couple of um, voicemail exchanges, basically. I think we, we talk regularly with the folks at Granger for a variety of different reasons. We've requested the information over the years and haven't had too much success, so we have um, talked a little bit about our need for that, but um, not too much beyond that. I, I realize this is only the public hearing, but I think I would request the committee when it goes back to committee that uh, Granger be brought in um, to the committee meeting and any other waste haulers the invitation go out um, to them as well just so that um, we are making sure that we're um, being proactive and bringing everyone to the table sure all right are there other questions comments oh I'm sorry Councilman Brown and then Councilman Spadafore thank you President Hussein uh, I, I agree with uh, Vice President Wood, um, so I concur with that. Um, and my, my question was going to be the same um, as well as uh, is there um, best practice, you know, across uh, data that's captured on a local level, uh, or is this additional, um, you know, to that? I'm not sure if I understand the question. Are you asking if it's currently when, when When I'm looking at this the, the ordinance, um, the information that you want to capture from the, the, the waste haulers, um, is there a best practice when it comes to sustainability? Because that's what you're saying is you're saying, I need this data mm -hmm. you know, to make us better. Um, is there a standard across the United States for local, you know, um, partnerships with sustainability and those type of things or? It's, it's fairly standard when for instance, we worked with the agency who helped us conduct our greenhouse gas inventory. It was very surprising to them that we didn't have that simple basic data. Most other communities they work with can readily report that out. Um, so I do believe that there is kind of a standard for that. Okay, is that something you looked in, have looked into or just based on what? I would have to look and see if there is a standard across the board, but my belief is that it's just most municipalities have that kind of data reported to them okay. and just have it readily available. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. All right, Councilman Spadafore. Yeah, um, I was gonna echo Councilmember Woods. We have a couple, we have some few letters of concern from um, some folks in our community about the ordinance change. And since April 30th is the deadline for application, we're missing, we're gonna miss it anyway. So I would. Encourage the committee to maybe take a little bit of time with some of the folks that are going to be impacted by this. And could you provide us also, like, 
other you said it's standard practice that other municipalities municipalities request this information. Are there municipalities in this region that request that information that you could point to as an example, and maybe perhaps their ordinances could be instructive? I would have to look into that to give you any specific examples. My gu my guess is that yes, but I would have to. I yeah, can't that, name them here. That, that would be very helpful because um, some of the concerns here, I think, are very legitimate that have been expressed to us by Granger specifically. There's a letter here from them regarding they cross paths through municipalities as it makes sense mm -hmm. because you're not going to just stop at Lansing and move on. Right. Um, that if there is uh, a community around here that they also serve that has a similar ordinance, we did this with, it's not it's not like to like, but with the scooter regulations, we wanted to make sure that we, if we did have an ordinance in place that it, that it was mirrored in both communities so that the affected parties were not having to deal with two different sets of laws. So if you could, I would appreciate um, if you could ask the consultant to provide some local governments in our area that, that have um, this data collection in place. Yeah, I will absolutely look into that. And I could say too that we're happy to take an estimate or work with the hauler to see, just get the best information that they have available because we do understand that they do cross sure. barriers. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I think one of my major concerns of this is the report that's required at sub six is very open-ended. The, the application is very specific, but the the report that's required is very open-ended and basically left up to the department to decide. So that that's, while well, I trust all of our department heads and whatnot, I think it, it leaves it open for a huge interpretation and, and some potential overreach. All right, further questions, comments? Okay, so in the, in the lead up to our committee meeting, we'll also make sure that we know who uh, is collecting here in the city, who's actually licensed to collect here in the city, um, so that we can, um, in an informed manner, invite folks out um, to that committee meeting so we can have some of those conversations. Um, in any event, Ms. Welch, we really appreciate you uh, being here. Thanks so much. Thank you. Okay, our next presentation is uh, Community Development Block Grant Five-Year Consolidated Plan. Vice President Wood. Uh, thank you. Uh, we have uh, with us uh, representatives that are going to, ex uh, that were um, hired to work on uh, this plan, consultants, and Barb Kimmel is here. Um, again, every uh, year part of our um, budget is uh, approving the community development block grant um, budget before we pass the, our other budget. Included in this will be the five-year plan um, that is also passed when we pass the budget. So with that, I'd ask uh, Ms. Kimmel to take over at this point. Hi, I'm Barb Kimmel, the Development Office Manager, and I'd like to introduce Jason Smith. He's with Wade Trim, and he's the consultant that we've been working with to uh, develop our five-year plan, and we'll let Jason take over. Thank you, Barb. Mr. President, Council, Mr. Mayor, thank you for having us tonight. Uh, as, as Barb mentioned, my name is Jason Smith. I'm a professional planner with Wade Trim. I've been working on uh, community development uh, work throughout the state of Michigan and the country uh, for about 17 years now. Um, back in the fall, the city of Lansing hired Wade Trim to assist with this uh, five-year consolidated plan. Um, and I, I just want to quickly go over a summary of the plan. Uh, it is a couple hundred pages long. I've, I've condensed it into, I think, a couple or so pages of, I think, some of the, uh, some of the important points. Uh, the plan is available for public comment uh, on the uh, city website. 
but today I wanted to provide just some background and uh, some information contained in the plan before tonight's public hearing. Uh, the City of uh, Lansing five-year consolidated plan is a requirement of the U.S. Housing and Urban Development, HUD. Uh, the city is a recipient of CDBG Community Development Block Grant Funds, Home Funding and uh, Emergency Solutions Grant Funding, ESG. Uh, th these are annual allocations provided to the city uh, through HUD, uh, and every five years the city is required to develop a uh, five-year plan in order to provide a blueprint for decisions that will be made over the course of those five years related to those three grant funds. Just to give you an idea of the dollar amounts we're, we're talking about, the uh, 2017 through 2021 plan, so our previous five-year plan, uh, the city received an average of $2 million per year in CDBG funds, $720,000 per year in home funding, and $171,000 in ESG funding. Now those all do come from HUD and they are three different grants, but they do three different things. The CDBG program is typically more um, broad. It, it's public improvements, uh, housing, uh, public service programs, blight elimination, uh, economic development, so a whole host of different types of projects. That's, that's a short list, but I think captures most of the types of activities that you're able to fund with CDBG funds. Uh, the home, home grant is uh, housing specific, uh, development of new housing and the rehabilitation of existing and also providing uh, assistance to residents for uh, uh, affordable housing such as down payment assistance and so on. And the ESG grant specific to homeless prevention and services. Uh, so the, the city on an annual basis does make decisions uh, specific to those three grants and what types of activities will be funded uh, through those three grant programs. You know, throughout the five-year consolidated plan process, one of, the, uh, one of the major components of this is our public participation and consultation process. Uh, we did develop uh, this plan in large part through the pandemic. We're at the tail end of this plan. Uh, we, we are required to submit this summer uh, once final allocations are received, which we hope to have in the next couple of weeks. Um, so it was a challenge with the public participation and consultation components of, of the plan. Uh, we conducted most of those through the fall and, and the winter. Uh, a host of different meetings, both virtual, in-person, and a uh, public survey that was provided, community survey was provided. Uh, over 30 agencies were consulted, housing agencies, nonprofit agencies, public housing commission, uh, and uh, continuum of care, uh, which is a host of uh, homeless providers. Uh, we received 134 responses on our survey, which was provided in both English and Spanish, online and hard copies. We hosted some brown bag meeting luncheons, which were specific to discuss economic development and housing. Uh, city staff met with uh, neighborhood groups. Uh, we had community meetings that targeted uh, all the wards of the city. Uh, those were virtual meetings. And uh, ongoing consultation with the Continuum of Care and the Lansing Housing Commission. You know, through, through that, uh, through those meetings, there were some common uh, common themes that came out of those, uh, which we call the high priority needs, which are identified within the plan. And those those high priority needs that were identified were affordable housing, senior and youth services, neighborhood cleanup, code enforcement and blight elimination, public improvements, job training and educational programs for youth and young adults, uh, housing rehabilitation for both re for, for both renters and owners homeless shelters and traditional housing, and expanded mental health programming, ADA improvements, homeless prevention and services. So those, those were identified as our highest priority needs throughout this process. Uh, 
and you'll notice if you do uh, re review the plan that, that that'll be located within the priority needs section of the plan. Uh, we then provided, uh, or we would then developed goals that would help address those priority needs. And we have five overarching goals that, that are contained within the plan. Uh, now these are broad, um, broad goal statements that capture uh, four main categories uh, specific to affordable housing, homelessness, provision of public services and other needed services, and public facility and infrastructure improvements. Uh, and then finally, program administration, which is uh, staff time in order to implement uh, the plan uh, and administer the grant programs. Now, on an annual basis, the city, as, it, as we mentioned earlier, makes budget decisions on how to, uh, how to accomplish each of these goals, which are all tied back to those high priority needs that were identified through our public participation process. And through the 2022 program year, which begins uh, this summer on July 1st, uh, the, the activities that have been proposed as part of the 2022 action plan are the home rehab program, emergency repair program for both homeowner and rental units, uh, blight removal, uh, public service activities, which includes youth and senior services, neighborhood cleanup, community gardens, and home repair classes, economic development and business and technical assistance, so technical assistance for, for businesses in low and moderate income areas and, and uh, business owners who are, who are low and moderate income, down payment assistance to assist lower, lower income individuals and households in becoming homeowners, uh, homeowner housing construction and home buyer repairs, and then assistance for uh, community housing development organizations, we call them CHOTOs uh, for short. And then finally, uh, the, the smallest grant amount, which is uh, the ESG program, uh, which the city works collaborative, collaboratively with the local COC, the continuum of care to provide homeless and prevention and street outreach uh, main, maintenance of the uh, HMIS system, which provides data and tracking for homeless populations within the area, and shelter operations. So we're here tonight just to provide you with that, that background. Uh, this is our final public hearing in the process. Uh, our next steps after tonight will be to uh, await HUD's final allocations, which we're awaiting. This is a late, uh, this is late. Uh, normally we get these a couple months, uh, a couple months earlier than now, but um, we anticipate by mid-May we'll have those final allocations at which time we'll finalize the plan and bring it back to this board for final adoption. All right, thank you. Uh, Ms. Kimmel, do you have anything to add? I do not, but we're happy okay. to answer questions. All right, do we have any questions? Seeing none, thanks so much for being here. We appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, and we are going to pull forward as a presentation Item number 13, the appointment of Brian Baer as a member of the Capillary District Library Board. Sure, Councilman Daniels. Thank you, President Hussein. So uh, this evening we are going to uh, uh, have, um, I apologize. Um, we're going to appoint Brian Baer to the, uh, as a City of Lansing member of the Capital Area District Library Board for a term to expire April 15th, 2026. Oh, so I move that, please. All right, so there is a motion on the floor. I do believe we have Brian with us, so should this be approved, we can actually get him uh, sworn in tonight. Is there further discussion? Seeing and hearing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All those opposed, same sign. Motion carries. Brian, why don't you come on down for us? Thank you. Thank you. 
right. All right. We certainly appreciate your uh, service to our community, Mr. Beer. Uh, with that being said, we are to comments by council members. Do any council members have comments tonight? Councilman Garza. Thank you, Council President Hussein. I just wanted to say thank you to the Lansing South Church of Nazarene. They did the I Love My City event this, this weekend, and it was a huge success. I mean, a lot of volunteers just showed how much dedication and how much love they have for our city. I mean, they, they tackled multiple projects, beautification projects all over the city of Lansing, and I just want to congratulate them and thank all those that helped out. So thank you. Thank you. Do we have other comments? Mr. Daniels. Yep. Thank you, President Hussein. On the same front, um, the East Side Neighborhood Organization had a cleanup at Homer uh, and Hosmer this uh, past weekend, as did uh, Eastfield Neighborhood. And it was just great to get out, meet everybody, and see how dedicated they are to their neighborhoods. It was awesome. All right. Thank you. Others? Seeing none, um, I have a few. First, I want to thank the uh, Southwest Action Group. They actually put on Obviously, this was Earth Day weekend, uh, but they put on a day of service at Pleasant Grove and Homes, and it was a um, it, it really was a tremendous event. Uh, I want to thank the Southwest Action Group, but I also want to thank some folks that supported uh, the Capital Area Housing Partnership, uh, supplied a number of tools, so we certainly appreciate uh, that group. Uh, Councilwoman Wood, always quietly supporting, but she was very, very generous um, financially, and so we certainly appreciate uh, her, her continued support of all things Southwest Lansing. Um, also, Mr. Christopher Strokowski uh, with Ferguson Development uh, was a huge, huge um, source of support uh, for that particular cleanup, and we appreciate uh, him as well. Uh, we want to thank uh, the Departments of Neighborhood, Neighborhoods and Citizen Engagement for their support, um, and then really um, the, uh, the individuals that came out. We had probably close to, throughout the day, 30, 35 individuals, uh, which allowed us to not only focus on litter pickup, but we were able to take care of the flower beds at 1910 Food Market, uh, Drake's Market, um, anybody that's been by uh, the plaza uh, that is southwest of uh, Pleasant Grove and Homes, uh, maybe over the last year, um, have noticed that we were able to um, fund the removal of the Jersey barriers uh, that had really become kind of an attractive nuisance in front of that plaza. Uh, we now have um, actual legitimate bollards, but we also have concrete planters, so we were able to take care of the planters. Um, we were able to engage in some, some maintenance of the town square as well as uh, Beacon Park. Uh, so again, thank you to everybody that was involved in that. That was fantastic. Um, secondly, uh, my next constituent, I shouldn't say my, our next constituent contact meeting in Southwest Lansing is scheduled for May 14th. So that's the second Saturday in May from 10 to 12 noon. Uh, we will be at the Elfrida Schmidt Southside Community uh, Center. That is at 5285 Wise Road. Uh, what we do is we actually meet in the Sandy Allen Room. So that's right off of the parking lot, very accessible. Again, Southside Community Coalition. The hyper-focus of this meeting is going to be economic development, uh, particularly as it pertains to South Lansing. And so we are actually going to have Carl Dorshimer um, with the LEDC on hand uh, to uh, help engage in some of those discussions. So we certainly hope that uh, folks will get out and, and take part. Um, third, uh, Vice President Wood and myself, uh, we fielded uh, a number of concerns over the last couple of weeks uh, with regards to the Lansing Housing Commission uh, and the scattered site housing. Uh, so there's a, a report out there. A few years ago, we maneuvered on our end uh, to allow the Lansing Housing Commission to essentially own property in their own name. Um, and we understood, um, you know, what they were uh, looking to do moving forward. Uh, there were certain promises that were made to this group. Um, and there was a report um, know, a couple weeks ago um, that they are looking to sell all 242 um, of their scattered site homes. Uh, and so um, 
we there were a number of concerns with regards to um, the number of folks that qualified or maybe didn't qualify uh, to actually take over those homes in terms of tenants uh, and remaining in place. Uh, and there are additional uh, questions as well. Uh, so what we did is we actually invited uh, Mr. Doug Fleming to come in, uh, and we actually had ad, uh, asked him to come in tonight. Uh, he was unable to come in tonight, so we are going to have him in on May 9th. Uh, so we certainly wanted folks to know um, that we are uh, working uh, to create you know, some measure of transparency. We have a number of questions as well. Uh, Mr. Fleming has been kind enough to, uh, to agree to come in on May 9th to answer some of those questions. Um, and then lastly, I want to um, congratulate my colleague, Mr. Brian Jackson, uh, who actually qualified uh, for the Boston Marathon this past Saturday. Um, he ran a time of not, no, absolutely. I think I saw three hours and 27 seconds. Is that correct? Okay, my knees hurt just even hearing that number. I ran one marathon, and it was at a um, pedestrian like five hours and five minutes. So that is incredibly impressive. But no, seriously, we know the time of you know the time and the effort that that goes into that. So congratulations, my man. All right, Clerk Swope. Uh, thank you, President Hussein. A couple of things. First, I want to uh, thank and congratulate Jessica Behrens, who's been our uh, council uh, intern here for the past several months. Uh, in the next uh, couple of weeks, she is graduating from Michigan State University, and uh, she will be starting a job with State Representative Helena Scott. Uh, so uh, she's moving uh, onward, and uh, we're happy to uh, see her and uh, glad that her experience here was helpful uh, to her future. Um, and then uh, nextly, I want to uh, just uh, talk a little bit about the upcoming um, school millage election, May 3rd. Um, uh, if you've been issued an absentee ballot, there is still time to get it back, although at this point, uh, it's a little bit risky to put it in the mail. Um, you know, it might get here in time, but it might not, and we have to have it by 8 o'clock p.m. election night. So I would suggest that if you haven't already put it in the mail, uh, that you may wish to um, drop it into one of our 15 uh, drop boxes that are conveniently located across the city um, or uh, bring it uh, in person to one of our offices. So, um, And then additionally, same thing, if you uh, still want to get an absentee ballot, I suggest that you come in person to our office uh, because at this point, we, we legally still mail them out through this Friday. Um, it's just not practical for people to actually get them and have time to return them. Uh, so I suggest that you try and do it in person if, you're, if you have uh, not already uh, requested that, that ballot. Um, for those who are voting in person on Election Day, uh, the polls are open from 7 a.m. until 8 o'clock p.m. Um, we have done uh, some pretty major precinct consolidation uh, we are finding that um, between two-thirds and three-quarters of folks are voting by absentee ballot. So uh, to save resources, to save funds and election workers and uh, other uh, costs, we are doing a pretty heavy consolidation. So uh, all of those people who are relocated to a different polling place um, have been mailed a postcard. So you probably received that today um, or uh, maybe tomorrow if, uh, if not. Um, so uh, keep an eye out for that. Um, and then um, if you just want to confirm where you're voting, you can contact my office, 483-4131, uh, or you can go to lansingvotes.com, and there's a place to look up your specific polling place for this, for this election. Um, and with that, we are to community event announcements. If there's anyone in the audience that has a community event, we'll give you one minute to tell us the details of it. 
And seeing no one jump up, we'll go ahead and move forward to speaker registration for public comment on legislative matters, as well as uh, show cause hearings. Um, so show cause hearings is the green sheet uh, in the back, and that's related to 3601 Deerfield, if you received a notice. Legislative matters includes items um, 7 through 26 on the agenda, although item 26 did not come out of committee and will uh, not be considered. Um, Um, but it is still on the, on the printed agenda, so council will let you speak on it. And then uh, in addition to those items listed, um, the council will be reconsidering and uh, doing an amendment to the resolution that was passed at the last council meeting uh, related to the uh, Congresswoman Alyssa Slotkin's uh, community funding request for the city of Lansing. So all of those items, um, if you want to speak about them, um, it is the blue form in the back with Jessica uh, can, can help you get that filled out and turned in. And we'll, we need you to turn that in in about the next minute. Um, and uh, while folks are still doing that, uh, we are to the mayor's comments. Mayor Shore. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, wanted to do a few recognitions uh, and then a few things coming. Um, first, I want to thank the Exchange Club um, they recognized Officer of the Year Dylan Rust, uh, who is our CPO downtown. They recognized the Firefighter of the Year Kwang Lee, and then a variety of other businesses. So thank you to the Exchange Club. Uh, I want to congratulate Caitlin Cavanaugh, who this body is aware of. She was just appointed to the Lansing School Board, and I'm very excited uh, for her leadership. I want to thank everybody who attended the funeral for former Mayor Tony Benavides. Um, very difficult, but a wonderful gathering of individuals. Um, it was just, you can never really go through all of the things that he did for this city, but, um, but the funeral was very strong, very powerful, and uh, I thought it was a very good send off for our, our former mayor and councilman. Um, many of you hit some of the, the cleanups. We had cleanups all weekend, um, and, uh, and they were great. Swag was wonderful, uh, and, and I saw the councilman Hussein was there, I appreciate it. Uh, you know, Councilman Daniels talked about the East Side ones. Uh, Councilman Garza talked about the, uh, the I Love My City and the great things that South Naz did. Um, also, the downtown had a cleanup. So we had all kinds of cleanups, which is nice because it was 81 degrees. And certainly when the snow melts, um, we see some of the negative activities that have taken place when people come through our city and throw things out of their cars. So thank you to our citizens for stepping up. Um, thank you to our neighborhoods department for providing the resources as a reminder to everybody our neighborhoods department has trash bags has grabbers and they can provide them to neighborhoods um, so if you have neighborhood organizations feel free to get with our neighborhoods department um, uh, as a in addition i'll remind everyone that yard waste collection begins this week um, has started today um, as i said two weeks ago as a reminder the first week or so the volume is large so we tend to fall behind. So we might be um, a little bit behind, but we ask people to still put the bags out. Uh, it does continue to be weekly. Um, so don't forget to put your yard waste out. And while we're talking about that, uh, it's a I will place a reminder to everybody out there uh, that we have to take care of our yards. Uh, our, our departments have come up with a very cool um, graphic. Well, I don't even know where to point it. Um, we will send this out to council, but it's a reminder that grass can't be more than eight inches. 
you have to remove your weeds and overgrowth, um, and you don't want to have a violation. So let's take care of our yards and make sure our properties look good, and we'll be sending that out to, as a reminder because we'd rather remind folks than have to cite people. Um, what else? Uh, congratulations to Capital Hippie, which is a new store that's open downtown. If you like tie-dye, um, you will love Capital Hippie. Um, congratulations to Lakla, who had a wonderful scholarship event where they honored two of our um, two of our Eastern School graduates and one of our Everett School graduates, uh, two others. Uh, congratulations to the Southside Community Coalition for their birthday event, and they put solar panels on their building, which was wonderful. They, I think on Saturday they said what, they generated 60 kilowatts of power and they only used 20, um, so that's good news. Of course, it was a sunny day, but uh, we're looking forward to, to the sustainability at that building. And finally, congratulations to Terry Terry, who uh, folks in Old Town know very well. He won the JAM Award, which was a jazz award, um, so it was very cool to see him recognized. Um, and last but not least, I highly recommend everyone to, to watch the They Call Me Magic uh, special um, on Apple Plus. Uh, my wife and I watched it in various parts, and, and it really shows Lansing in a great way. Um, it shows our, our national and international presence, but uh, they did a really good job recognizing Lansing, and it also highlights uh, two of our, our leaders, Joel Ferguson and Greg Eaton. When they, they showed up, I was stunned, but my wife and I thought that it was really cool to see them on this special for Magic Johnson, in addition to the Johnson family, who many of us here know pretty well. So I'll end there. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you. Okay, we are to show cause hearings. Uh, item six, uh, make safe or demolish for properties of 30, owners of property at 3601 Deerfield Avenue. Vice President Wood. Uh, thank you, President Hussein. Uh, this is the second public hearing on uh, this property. The uh, property was originally tagged um, September 3rd, 2020. The estimated value of repairs, and this was at the time that the demo board heard this, is $71,916. Um, if you remember from our last meeting, we received a communication from our building safety um, uh, uh, inspector who um, said that the uh, before issuing any permits, uh, that there needed to be um, a um, architectural and engineering um, analysis done on the building. Also, council members, in your red folder are um, a pictures that were taken today of that property um, showing uh, the rot on the um, trusses um, that are there. So. With that, I would uh, open it up for our public comments. Okay, uh, and I do want to acknowledge that we received some photos from the property, um, the interested party in the property that uh, there weren't enough copies for the whole council. We will make sure that the um, Committee on Public Safety has those for their meeting and, and also make them part of the public record. Um, and we have one speaker, uh, Ivan Darling. I am here on behalf of uh, Mark Dell. He is the next of of the current owner of the property who is deceased. And I just want to say that we have been trying 
we've been working on this property since February. We have put on new roofs and everything. We have done architectural plans and we have had a site architecture come in to approve uh, certain stuff on the roof. If I remember correctly, the roof is the main issue of concern here. And the roof is pretty much just waiting to be done. We're just asking just to continue working on this and improve this property. And the current owner is also deceased, so we're also working on getting the property through probate at the moment. Uh, do you have any questions for me? Sir, this is your time to provide public input. Okay. So you have well, two minutes and six seconds left. We have, we have been working on the property, and uh, because of the city, the inspector telling us to stop, we have went and got got uh, architectural plans, and we're trying to move forward, and we're just asking that you allow us to. And that's all I got to say. I would yield my time to anybody else. Thank you very much. And uh, on the referral of the show cause hearing, uh, public safety. Okay, we are to public comment on legislative matters, and again, that includes items um, 7 through 26, as well as the Slotkin community funding requests. Items 6 through 10 are public hearings. I'll briefly announce those, and I believe some council members will give better explanations. Item 7 is an ordinance amending Chapter 1300 marijuana operations, and I do want to acknowledge a letter from the uh, Lansing Regional Chamber of, uh, oh, no, sorry, wrong item. Uh, number eight, uh, Fourth Amendment to the lease agreement with Lansing Shuffleboard LL, LLC. Uh, number nine, Community Development Block Grant Five-Year Consolidated Plan. And number 10, the ordinance to amend Chapter 1060, the licensing of waste hauler. And uh, for that one, I would acknowledge the Lansing Regional Chamber of Commerce letter that will be made part of the public record. Right. On number seven, in consideration of a more, sorry, ordinance amending Chapter 1300, Vice President Wood. Uh, thank you, President Hussein. Um, this particular public hearing would um, uh, align the um, zoning requirements that are in the ordinance with our current zoning um, act. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and uh, this was a recommendation that came to us from the clerk's office based on the fact that um, when we approve the form-based uh, zoning code, uh, that, that um, the, when the ordinance was written, it did not take into consideration that um, particular um, form. So those are the, the changes to that ordinance. All right. Uh, number eight. Uh, number eight is, an, as it says, an amendment to uh, the lease agreement with the Lansing Shuffleboard LLC. We had a presentation that was before us at the uh, last uh, council meeting uh, when we set the public hearing. All right. And do you have anything to add for number nine, Vice President Wood? No, that I think it was quite self-explanatory just a few minutes ago. Sure. And for number 10, uh, Councilman Daniels, anything to add? Same, nothing to add. All right. Clerk Swope. Okay. We have um, speakers Charles Hauser followed by Joel Kahn.
Good evening, Mayor Shore, uh, Council President Hussein, and Vice President Wood, and all other members of the Council. Uh, thank you for listening to what I have to say today. My name is Charles Hauser. I'm the Community Relations Manager for Granger Waste Services. Uh, Granger Waste Services, as you may know, is a fourth generation waste and recycling company located right here in Lansing, Michigan, since 1966. Today I'm here to talk about the proposed amendments to Chapter 1060, Section 1060.09, the License of Waste Hauler Ordinance. I'll quickly uh, read the uh, small amount of added text, but it actually has quite a bit of weight to it. So it says, uh, every person required to obtain a waste hauler license shall make uh, application to the city on forms provided by the clerk's office. The application shall require the following information. Expected weight, volume, and description of materials handled, collection schedules, specific routes, and current rates for service, as well as other information as that will enable the Department of Public Service designee to determine whether the applicant, if licensed, will serve the public in compliance with the requirements of this chapter. It continues on. So, oops. On to line five, we have uh, all licensed waste haulers, thank you. Uh, shall report to the Public Service Department every six months the actual weight and or volume and description of material handled in a format prescribed by the department. So I'm here today because obviously as a company, a private company, we have some concerns with the local government asking private business for pricing, specific routing, uh, and other things mentioned within this, this ordinance. Uh, the city of Lansing has a hauling company, I would not necessarily company, but is a direct competitor in the industry, picking up residential waste and recycling. You know, recycling is something that the city just does on its own as part of the ordinance for the city. But in terms of waste, this is a huge, could have a huge effect on many uh, companies that come in here, private companies that are licensed. Uh, many live or die by price. And if we're giving that price to competitors, which this information will become public, that could change the, uh, the complete uh, outlay of the, uh, the competitive market that we are able to use today. So I did submit a letter, and I will read that as quick as I can. I hope I have 16 seconds. But as mentioned, uh, we do have concerns with uh, the pricing and specific routing. Uh, as Ms. Welch mentioned, or uh, Council Member Spadafore mentioned, we, are, uh, we do go in and out of the city, so it is hard. and takes a lot of administrative information to provide the details requested. We're happy to do that on an annual basis. Biannual is a little bit of an issue, but uh, the letter was sent to you. Thank you so much for, um, for reading that. And your Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you. Next, we have Joel Kahn, followed by Loretta Stanaway. Hello, my name is Joel Kahn, Vice President, Freeland Industries. Brian, congrats, it's awesome, dude. Awesome qualifier. All right, so uh, first I wanna start off with uh, just touching base on everything that Charles said is 100% accurate. Um, I wanna thank uh, Councilman Spadafore and Wood for uh, their comments because uh, it, the verbiage does leave a lot of room to uh, open interpretation. So. 
for Freeland Industries, one, we don't want to be tied up in the wording of a waste hauler because we're not a waste hauler, okay? Um, we, we buy and sell marketable commodities that are on exchange trades. Um, so in here where it says collecting, transporting, delivering commercial recyclable materials, what, what, is, what does that mean? You know, we, does that tie to, um, you know, industrial accounts? So, for instance, just to kind of lay it out how, how it works, is we have industrial accounts where we collect non-ferrous and ferrous metals and paper. Um, and we also take other recyclables as well. So, you know, we, we don't want to get wrapped up into that. Um, or in that, uh, you know, Part 175 statute from the state already requires us to report our tonnages. We already do that on an annual basis. So that is information that they could get from the state. Um, but other than that, uh, Charles already touched on everything that I would have touched on, um, but I just kind of wanted to speak to uh, what Freeland's concern is. Thank you. Thank you. And our final speaker is Loretta Stanaway. Well, uh, due to the discussions recently about the sale of Lot 50 to a developer and about the potential sale of the property on North Cemetery, it led me to do a little bit of researching in the city ordinances because it concerned me that I wasn't hearing any appraisal having been done for the Lot 50 sale or even actually, you know, it's a little early to think about an appraisal on the lot uh, at North Cemetery, but at some point that would become an issue. So I did some research, and in the city's codes of ordinances, in section 8403, it requires an appraisal before negotiation for the purchase by the city of a parcel of real property. There is no, likewise, consideration for the sale of real property from the city to an, another purchaser. It does not make a whole lot of sense to me that you would require for an independent appraisal before buying property, but not require an appraisal before selling property. That just does not seem logical to me. Um, I would think that uh, you would want to have, uh, before you negotiated for the sale of any property or for the purchase, that you would want to have uh, an appraisal or at the very minimum, an open bid process. So I think this is something that as a, as a council, it could bear some looking into. It may be that at some point down the line, there should be a proposal to change the city ordinances to add the requirement for an appraisal before selling property. Thank you. Thank you. And that was our Final speaker, so on the referral of the public hearings, number seven, the marijuana operations. Committee of the whole. Number eight, the uh, Lansing Shuffle Board. Committee of the whole. Number nine, community development block grant. Uh, committee, committee of the whole. And number 10, the waste haulers. City operations. And we are to um, ordinances for passage. Uh, <clears throat> We have an ordinance of the City of Lansing, Michigan to amend the codified ordinances by adding Chapter 256, Sections 256.01 to 256.03 to create the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion DEI Advisory Board to provide for its composition and function and to define its duties. 
It's read a second time by its title. The ordinance was reported from the Committee on Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion, and it is on the order of immediate passage. Councilman Jackson. Thank you. Today, we're here to vote on passage for this ordinance to amend and add the advisory board for equity, diversity, and inclusion. This came as a result from the Mayor's Racial Justice Equity Alliance as a recommendation um, for action to implement a plan. This board would basically be responsible for advising the administration, uh, different city department heads, even council, as it relates to various matters submitted before it that has to deal with equity, diversity, and inclusion. So we've had this a public hearing. We've took it back to council. There were some concerns, basically, that has to deal with how will work or assignments kind of be put into place there and um, who can bring those and how they'll be handled. And ultimately, we passed it out for the most part um, because there's, a, there's questions that may not be answered until we see the work and the work has been requested and we would move it for passage. All right, there is a motion on the floor for the discussion. Seeing none, Clerk Swope, would you take the roll, please? On adoption of the ordinance, Councilmember Garza? Yes. Councilmember Hussein? Yes. Councilmember Jackson? Yes. Councilmember Spadafore? Yes. Councilmember Spitzley? Councilmember Wood? Yes. Councilmember Brown? Yes. Councilmember Daniels? Seven yeas, zero nays, the ordinance is adopted. Is there a motion like for immediate effect? Would you like to move for immediate effect, Councilman Jackson? All right, there's a motion on the floor for the discussion. Seeing and hearing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All those opposed, same sign. Motion carried. We are to the consent agenda. Vice President Wood. Thank you, President Hussein. Uh, first of all, um, item 12 was already acted on, so was item 13. Uh, and we will uh, be pulling item 18, which is Act 8-2021, the Real Estate Purchase Agreement. Um, and then I will speak to the rest of the um, uh, resolutions before us. There's the um, appointment of Steve uh, Bennett for the business owner, member of the North Grand River um, Corridor Improvement Authority uh, for a term uh, that will expire on June 30th, 2024. There's the reappointment of Anthony Mullen as an at-large member of the Board of Water and Light for a term to expire um, June 30th, 2025. The special assessments for Glenburn Commons for trash and uh, grass abatements. There is the liquor license for Ellison Brewery and Spirits LLC and for a new microbrew license and a tap room, outdoor service, Sunday sales, catering, dance, and entertainment uh, permit at 1314 South. Uh, Washington. Uh, there is the uh, lot split one 2022 um, application and this is for property between um, 
3220 and 3330 West Miller, another lot split between 5,000 and 5,022 Christian Road. Um, the um, membership um, consideration um, by the mayor for the diversity and equity inclusion advisory and um, the setting of a public hearing for a noise, special noise waiver uh, for Hoffman Brothers that um, is for the combined sewer overflow project at um, Martin Luther King uh, and local streets uh, near the North Folk. Southern Railroad tracks on Saturday from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. from um, May 14th, 2022 um, to November 4th, and that um, public hearing would be on September, September, May 9th, correct? All right. And then um, there is the Act 4 2022 Red Cedar Redevelopment um, street dedication, and then last, the community fund for the East Side Neighborhood Organization for their summer fest. With that, I would move those. All right, there is a motion for Aye. Okay, we're two resolutions for action. Uh, we have um, item 18, Act 8, 2021. Sorry, Councilman Garza. Thank you, Council President. So Act 8 of 2021, so the Economic and Development and Planning Department uh, is proposing to sell the city-owned and administered parking lot, commonly referred to Lot 50. This lot is in the Stadium District at the southwest corner of East Shiawassee Street and Pier Marquette Drive. Lot 50 was once a productive resource for the city. However, the lot has seen dr uh, drastic reductions in use levels. As of February 2022, only six permits were leased by individuals. The proposed buyer uh, has only uh, has the only is the only entity that was interested in the lot. Uh, the potential of bringing a headquarters downtown Lansing with uh, with uh, workers down there as well. So uh, this lot may continue to be used as surface parking, and the proposed buyer has committed to maintaining public parking after 5 p.m. Uh, the su suggested sale price was 125. And with that, I would uh, move the resolution. All right, there is a resolution on the uh, floor regarding Act 8, 2021. Is there further discussion? All right, seeing and hearing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All those opposed, same sign. All right, motion carries six to one. Okay, uh, next we have the uh, reconsideration of resolution 2022-098, the uh, Congresswoman Alyssa Slotkin community funding. Vice President Wood. Thank you, President Hussein. Um, as you remember, the mayor brought us at our last meeting a resolution for supporting community funded projects um, that was forwarded to uh, Congresswoman Slotkin. Um, one of the items that was listed in here had to do with EMT training. Um, that was something after her office received it that they were not able 
to find um, in the appropriations a place to put that in. So uh, what um, happened was it came back to the mayor's office. They worked at making changes, and you will see them on page um, three that deal with the fire department in looking at, um, it is page three. I'm pretty sure it's page three. The, um, end of page three and up into page four that has to do with our first responders and making sure that we had the appropriate equipment uh, that would be needed. Um, these would include patient um, stretchers, heart monitors, patient transfer um, chairs, um, the uh, CPR devices, as well in installing uh, power-loaded systems on the ambulances. And so um, with that, we have this resolution as a substitute. They have communicated this to uh, the Congresswoman so she knew that we were making those changes. Um, I just want to add that the way these are listed are in no priority. Um, if I were putting priority, I would have put fire first, um, but these are not in a priority order. So with that, I would move uh, the substitute. Oh, first reconsideration. I am sorry. It's all good. Uh, first on the motion uh, to, to reconsider. Re to reconsider. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All those opposed, same sign. Now oh, I will uh, move the substitute that I lengthily described just a minute ago. <laughs> All right, there is a motion on the floor to adopt the substitute. Is there further discussion? Seeing and hearing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All those opposed, same sign. Motion carries. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, now yes. I, yep, now I forgot. This is a, a three-step process. Yes. Now on the substitute, on the adoption of the substitute. I'm not on the adoption, on the passing of the substitute. Yep. Um, is there further discussion? Seeing and he you did move it, correct? Yes, I yes. did. All right. <laughs> Seeing and hearing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All those opposed, same sign. Motion carries. Okay, we have item 25, Advent House Outreach Drop-In Center. Vice President Wood. Uh, thank you, uh, President Hussein. Uh, the mayor reached out to us, uh, to council member for President Hussein and myself, concerning the outreach uh, drop-in center that's located at 601 North Larch. Um, this drop-in center had been previously run by the city mission. Uh, the city mission, um, because they were not able to do the staffing, come up with the staffing to be able to uh, run the facility, um, close the facility. There is definitely a need uh, for this outreach um, center. Um, in discussions with uh, our HRCS director and um, with the Consortium of Care, uh, Advent House has agreed to um, be the um, agency that would run that in the resolution. It talks about the fact that um, Advent House uh, would be uh, the one that would be running uh, the facility. So this is uh, part of a budget transfer out of capital improvement fund uh, of $240,000 to um, the outreach center. So with that, I would move 
the resolution. All right. There is a motion on the floor on pass the resolution pertaining to the budget amendment. Is there further discussion? Uh, Councilman Spatter. Yeah, I have a couple of questions. Um, this is, I think it's great that we're doing this standalone. I we talked um, two weeks ago about hero pay extensively in the budget amendment, and we didn't. I we didn't talk about it at the front of the meeting, and I thought we were going to, so I missed that opportunity. Is the council amenable to opening up this resolution a little bit wider and appropriating two million dollars for premium pay, so that if the deal is settled tonight, tomorrow, or within the next few weeks, the money can go out the door? Um, I'm worrying. I worry that if we wait, then it requires council action to get the get get the payroll processing if that is settled. I don't know who's to blame or where the blame lies, but I'm wondering if the council would entertain amending this particular ordinance. Uh, I'm sorry, resolution. Vice President Wood. As the maker of the... Okay. Well, my concern all along has been the fact that we were informed that it could be anywhere from now till August. I had asked in the budget resolution that was a budget amendment that was put before us that we actually say that it would happen within 30 days. The mayor has indicated to me, and I'm sure he, you know, can speak for himself, that this was a holdup by the unions. I have reached out to the unions and had discussions with them, and um, they do not see that in the same light as what the mayor has. Um, that's why I have been uh, reluctant to move this. Um, one of the things I um, had suggested to uh, the president was um, at the next council meeting to bring the unions in to explain to us if they um, if there is a holdup what a, the holdup is in order to move that um, forward um, so that's and I appreciate the, the, the August thing concerned me quite a bit when I heard it and I did and I, I think it may have been we don't get the second tranche until August I think there may have been some conflation there you know in the concept. Yeah. so and, I guess I'm sorry Something I learned early on in, in my career is one of the ways to get action is to hold up budget, you know, or a budget amendment in order to get what you need done. Um, again, these people have been waiting, and I, I made this argument before, have been waiting for some time to get this. I understand that the mayor um, has indicated that, you know, they didn't get the final regs until March and that they had been working um, diligently um, on this. Um, again, I know in talking to the unions, some of them do not believe that they've worked um, as aggressively as what they could have in order um, to get this done. So this is this is where we are at at this particular point. And I'll certainly let the president dictate Sorry. who speaks next, but if I may yes. respond. My big concern, Councilmember Wood, and I appreciate the holding up the funds to get action taken is if something does get settled in the next two weeks, then we're the ones holding up the funds. So I would, after I, the president decides what's next, I would move this amendment that I've just passed out, because you know I'm a stickler for putting things in writing, so I did. Um, but I will stop there and then, Mr. President. So do you want to speak what? to what's in front of us, Councilman Spadafore? Yes, so um, what's in front of us is in addition to the resolution that Councilmember Wood proposed, which removes $2 million of ARPA funding from our general fund for the current year budget because we've already determined we don't need those dollars uh, to balance the books and then creates a separate ARPA fund designated $2 million for premium pay that we can make effective this evening 
so that the premium pay can go out the door if and when the deal is settled. So I would move the, the amendment. It, so that is that is a uh, an official motion. Sorry. So there's a motion on the floor to amend the resolution. Is there further discussion? Vice President Wood. Um, I would only be amenable to this if there was a clause in there that said that this would be paid out in 30 days. And, and I'm okay with that, except I think that this is a negotiation tactic, and we're not the ones leading the labor negotiation. Uh, not a tactic. This is a, this is a negotiation, and we are not the ones negotiating. So I'm worried about that. I mean, if you want to add that to that, I don't think it would be enforceable because we can't force the money onto someone until the, the agreement is determined as to how much each person is getting, who's actually eligible. I've had a lot of conversation on this, and I don't want to be the council, the one holding up the payment. And I think we also want to safeguard against it actually being a negotiation tactic. Um, Vice President Wood. I, I think you said exactly what I was just going to say, was the, was the fact that I don't want, um, you know, to have this out there and then have what appears, whether it is is or not, and I, I know the mayor is biting at the, you know, to say something, but whether it appears or not that this is, um, you know, the dragging of the feet to get something done. And so that's why, you know, I would like to see some provision in there. And I think if the mayor truly believes that they're doing everything they can as fast as they can, I'm not sure why adding 30 days in there would be um, something that wouldn't be doable. All right, so there is a motion on the floor. Uh, Mayor Shore is chomping at the bit to say something, so Mayor Shore. Well, let me first say, I never said that, um, that the unions are holding this up. That is, that, that is not true. Um, what I said was we are in negotiations and discussions with the unions. We are working with them on identifying who is eligible. We are working with identifying who had work share. We are working with them together. Um, there is a, a, a letter of, of interest that's being worked on. Um, I'm not placing blame on anyone. I'm not placing blame on the union. I'm not placing blame on our staff. I'm saying this is a, a conversation and a discussion. And it is my hope, it is my intention to have this done as soon as possible. If it doesn't get done or if the money is not allocated, then nothing happens till August when the next tranche is allocated. Now, I fully expect this to be done way before August. Um, but I cannot say 10 days, 15 days, 30 days, 45 days. This is a conversation that is happening between two parties. And when the two parties agree, then the money's issued. If the two parties agree this week or next week, we do not have the authority to issue the dollars to the employees until council approves this. So if we get a deal in the next week, um, week and a half, then we'll wait. We'll wait until the next council meeting, and we'll ask you again to, to allocate the dollars. If you don't do it then, then we will hold. Um, our intention is to get a letter of intent with each of our unions, um, and the sooner the better. But again, we sent this to you as soon as we had the dollars identified um, to amend the previous ARPA resolution. What you do with it after that is, is certainly up to you as the legislative body, but for me, I would think that this would be something that would be approved and we will allocate it as soon as possible, um, as soon as we have a letter of intent 
with each of our bargaining units, which is the collective bargaining, which um, is the way that you collectively bargain. And I certainly appreciate that. I think um, the, the comment from Vice President Wood spoke to the, fa the fact that uh, as part of our committee of the whole conversation, um, it was said on, on more than one um, occasion that um, what you all were waiting for was the unions to provide the lists. I mean, it was said over and over and over. Um, and, it, and, and that did imply that the ball was in their court. Um, I, I never really understood that, candidly. Um, I, I, I guess I didn't understand, still don't understand why um, you all as the administration wouldn't work through payroll, um, you know, with pay stubs, et cetera, to actually create the list and then vet it past the unions. So it almost seems like this is happening in reverse. Um, but, but to be fair, again, that's where that, I, I believe that comment came I'm, from. I'm happy to have our, our finance staff come up and said that. Now, to be fair, there, it's our, it's our, uh, it's our union, it's uh, our labor negotiator who's working with the unions, but if you want the finance staff to come back up, I wasn't here at Committee of the Whole. We're certainly looking internally to see who received work share, to see who was working, to see um, what the different qualifications are, to see what the legal qualifications are, because um, there are legal qualifications. Again, I think Jake or Desiree or Emily can address that, what the legal qualifications are. But again, we, if we just say these people get it, then we could have grievances. So we are certainly working with the unions on that. Um, so I, I'll leave it to them. I don't know what they said because um, I wasn't here. Sure. We're going to go um, Vice President Wood, Councilman Spadafore, and then Jake will, uh, as, as well as, sorry, Ms. Kirkland, uh, we'll recognize you as well. Vice President Wood. I, I beg to differ with you, Mayor. Um, we've talked on the phone, and it was during the council meeting when I moved to table this that you made comments about the fact that the union was the holdup. You, you said the union was the holdup. If I said so, that, I apologize. That's incorrect. Okay. Well, then fine. I, I appreciate your apology, yes. but you did say it. I, I, will, look, I will go back and look because I, okay. I don't recall that. If I said that, I apologize. We are working with the unions to identify the list. Okay. So if I said that, I will go back and look, and I apologize if I, said, if I spoke incorrectly. All right. Second of all, I understand that there are legal requirements um, and what I would be looking for is in a whereas clause that whereas um, be it resolved uh, that the city council um, is um, requesting that the mayor make every effort to fulfill the premium pay um, Um, wages, to, to, I, I, I'm not sure what the next word should be, uh, within 30 days of the passage of the ordinance. Now, that's a whereas, it's, um, I, I, again, it's not binding, but it makes it abundantly clear where we are um, with this. And it also gives, um, it also gives, uh, notice to the unions, and I have no problem calling all the unions and telling them that if you're telling us that there's an issue out there, that they need to get there to get it settled. I've talked to all of them, so I don't have any, any problem with that. Yeah, I was just going to suggest that between the result, result, now therefore be it resolved and that be it finally resolved, be it further resolved that the city council encourages the premium pay be distributed and in the next 30 days. Okay, I'll take that. Right. 
Will you take that as a, as an amendment? I will. To you. Okay. I will. I think we call that a friendly amendment. Thank you. All right. Um, so we call do it have a mostly friendly amendment. <laughs> Pardon? We'll call it a mostly friendly amendment. There you go. All right. All right. All right. So we have um, a motion to amend on the floor for the discussion. Seeing and hearing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All those opposed, same sign. All right. And now on uh, the amended resolution. Uh, all those in favor signify by saying aye. Oh, sorry. Further discussion. Councilman Jackson, that's my fault. Just briefly, you know, I don't have a problem trying to make things happen. It's just that now we're talking about labor negotiations, and we usually go into closed session and can't talk about what happens in closed session. I understand. And I know everybody has their different relationships with different unions, um, but I guess I haven't got reached out to, like, hey, Councilman Jackson, there's a problem here. The problem is is that, you know, we got these funds we're trying to get, blah, blah, blah. No one's reached out to me. So the way I see it, I, there's not really a problem. Um, and it's just, it's just now we're you know, bringing resolutions and amendments to deal with things that are usually done in closed session that we all, or not in closed session, but in labor negotiations that we all respect and have a labor negotiator and all these different things. So um, that's just my, since I can't ever talk about it, what we talk about there, but now it's on discussion now, kind of, in a roundabout way. I'm just saying my concerns of, you know, interfering with sacred labor negotiations that we don't normally do publicly, and here we're doing it. So that's just my thing. Thank you. Vice President Wood. Unless the mayor wants to contradict me, I've been told repeatedly this is not part of labor negotiations. And so, um, and I think he's made that abundantly clear when I have asked, are we using this as part of labor negotiations? Um, yeah, and it's, this is a, an intricacy, but it's a letter of intent. Um, we're working with them on a letter of intent on when we issue the dollars, how they are used. So it's not, it's not a collective bargaining. It's not a contract collective bargaining. It's a, a letter of intent that we're working on with them to get the specifics right. It's, a, it's an intricacy, but it's correct. It's not a, it's not a, a labor negotiation where we're coming up with a, a tentative agreement, writing up a contract. Um, it is a... It's like a memorandum of understanding. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's an agreement more than a labor negotiation. That's that's actually that's accurate. And and I do realize that some of us have different relationships, but it doesn't preclude you from reaching out to any of the uh, leadership in the unions and asking the question. Right, and I would also contra. I would also believe that if they wanted something from council or had any concerns, they would also reach, if they needed me, reach this way as well. But I'm not saying there's any problem. It's just that nothing was brought to me except for these few conversations out here. All right, I think this is a good time to ask Mr. Brower uh, and Mrs. Kirkland, do you have anything to add uh, before we go to Councilman Garza and then we um, consider the, uh, the motion? No. Okay, I, just, I didn't want to bring you down. I didn't want to bring you down into the well for no reason. Uh, Councilman Garza. Thanks, Council President. No, I was going to uh, say, say what Councilwoman Vice President Wood said that, you know, I did have some concerns as well, so I did reach out to the unions. All right, I appreciate that. And seeing no other discussion uh, on the resolution, the amended resolution for the budget amendment. Yep. Got it. It was an Excel, so I was Got it. 
and you do have the language, uh, ladies and gentlemen, in front of you, um, and it is the second to last, um, be it resolved, it's actually the be it further resolved, and as Councilman Spadafore spelled it out earlier, that the City Council encourages the premium pay be distributed in the next 30 days. And I just want to clarify that what's in front of you has the right be it resolved, but not the numbers, so you're going to have to read them together. Chris, be it further got, resolved, Chris yeah. has got everything he needs to make it right, but we yes. all agree we're yes. voting on, okay. Yes, everybody knows what they're voting on. Yeah. Sure. Councilman Garza. Thank you, Council President. So I just want some clarity. I mean, it says encourages, so that's no guarantee, correct? I mean, there's no way to guarantee that the payment isn't within 30 days. An appropriation is not a mandate to spend in any situation. And there is no requirement for you to support this. Uh, Vice President Wood. And I would ask, and um, Mr. President, and um, for every meeting until the 30 days is up, or it might even be longer, that the question be asked where we are on the negotiations and seeing that this is taken care of. All right, so you guys know the question's coming, right? <laughs> You're going to be able to respond to it. Okay, fantastic. I think we might be ready to vote, folks. All right. So on the uh, motion with regard to the resolution on the budget amendment, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All those opposed, same sign. Motion carries. Okay. We are to speaker registration for public comment on city Point government. Point of order, Mr. Clerk. I think we just approved the amendment but not the actual resolution. No, we actually voted on the, we actually did a vote. I'm sorry. We actually did move that first. Then we moved. I'm sorry. Then we voted. We stopped for conversation. Sorry. And then. Okay. That, the, no, sure we, okay. that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So we actually did have two actions. Okay. Speaker registration for public comment on city government related matters. That's the yellow form in the back. Uh, if you can hand that in within the next minute, we'll get you up here and give you your three minutes. In the meantime, we're to reports of city officers, boards, and commissions. Vice President Wood. Uh, thank you, um, President Hussein. Um, I would move that all items be considered being read in full and that proper referrals be made by you, Mr. President. All right, there's a motion on the floor. Further discussion? Seeing and hearing none. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All those opposed, same sign. Motion carries. Okay, we have items from the city clerk, minutes of boards and commissions. Place on file. And fireworks display for the lug nuts. City operations. Fireworks display for Independence Day. City operations. Items from the mayor, two items relative to the principal shopping district special assessment. Uh, city operations. Uh, commitment to climate protection and environmental justice. Uh, EDI. Uh, grant acceptance for City Innovation Ecosystems. Ways and Means. Appointment of Lucas Lalande to the Arts Board. Development and Planning. Appointment of Isaac Francisco to the Park Board. City Operations. Appointment of Kat Rathbun to the LEDC, and I'm sorry, that should also include TIFA and uh, LBRA. Yeah. Uh, DMP. And uh, reappointment of Shelley Boyd uh, to the same three boards. Development and Planning. Grant Application uh, Trust Fund Michigan National Natural Resources Trust Fund. Uh, ways and Means. Um, two items relative to the Local Development Finance Authority Tax Increment Financing for the Re 
regional smart zone. Yeah, both will go to uh, Committee of the Whole. Uh, budget amendment uh, that was uh, just adopted for Advent House. Uh, place on file. Uh, grant acceptance for uh, recycling market development. Uh, ways and means. Items from the Retirement System Board and Board of Trustees, um, divestment uh, in securities issued by Russian companies. Place on file. And from the Police and Fire Retirement System, a similar notification. Yep, place on file. Communications and petitions, an affidavit of disclosure from Darren Dykins of the Lansing Police Department. Uh, ethics Board. And motion of excused absence. Do we have a motion? Uh, Councilman Spadafore has moved to excuse uh, Councilwoman Spitzley. There further discussion? Seeing and hearing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All those opposed, same sign. Motion carries. And remarks by council members. All right, council members. All right. Chris, I'm sorry, uh, clerk's <laughs> The mayor. Remarks by the mayor. Mayor Shore? Just, just one reminder, now that we've done the, uh, the premium pay, there are still other things that were small catch-all things in the budget amendment. And my request would be that now that I think the controversial piece is done, <laughs> All right, that's fair. I mean, I, my request would certainly be that you take that off the table at the next meeting and the other pieces get done, but that's just my request. All right, we appreciate that. To public comment on city government related matters, we have Jim Harkin followed by Michael Mercer. Jim Harkin, uh, 315 Bingham. It's been a long time, I guess that's what I have to say. I pulled this uh, chart off the internet, and it, it, is, a, it is a chart of, a, the United States Department of, of Commerce has a lab in Hawaii whose specific duty is to monitor the atmospheric carbon dioxide. They started this in 1960, and it's continuing now to all the way through now. It looks like forever. And it's a very simple chart to understand. What they do is they take a, a, a sample of the atmosphere of one million parts. I don't know how they do that. And then they analyze those parts. And in this specific case, it's carbon dioxide is what they're looking for. And I'm gonna just briefly go through this right now. Is in 1960, when they first started, they had a, a, an analysis, and, and the analysis was 320 parts per million. And the way they do it is so nice because that comes out to 0.03% of the atmosphere was carbon dioxide. And then going all the way up to 2021, it is about 430. It increased to 430 parts per million, or 0.404%, a very, very small amount. So over the 62 years, if you subtract the lower one, 320, from 420, it comes out to 0.1%, or 1 one-hundredth of a percent, that carbon dioxide increased that in, in your math classes, when I used to go to have these math classes, that is such a small amount that the instructor would say, 
just put a zero in for that. So effectively, if you say that, carbon dioxide over the last 62 years did not even increase. It increased zero. Now you can contrast that with people like on the, like uh, John Kerry, who's the Department of Energy head, uh, Al Gore, our ex-vice president, this uh, Ocasio-Cortez woman. They're all going out and saying carbon dioxide is increasing, going to cause global warming, the North and South Pole is going to melt, we're going to have the oceans rise, based on nothing. It has to be based on nothing but lies, because the facts of these scientists say that over 62 years, and it's all documented, and there had to be about a dozen of them, saying that it did not increase one bit. So now we've got our president. Can Thank I, you, sir. Huh? Thank you. Can I go on a little bit? Yeah, no? your, your three minutes is up. So next we have Michael Mercer, followed by Jessica Behrens. Um, Michael Mercer, 4530 Sycamore Holt. I happen to have been told by somebody who works where I happen to work that over on Norman and Ray Street in the First Ward, just like a block north of Mount Hope where Dick and Deer used to be before they moved to their new location, that pothole there is over a foot deep and you have a cone in there to warn people, but you're not taking care of that darn pothole. And I suggest you guys get these potholes taken care of all through the darn city because all the damage to the vehicles. And if you guys can't, you know, get these repaired, I think you should be reliable to pay for the cost of damage on vehicles because the people of Lansing pay taxes to take care of the darn roads and you're not doing nothing about the roads. And same over here, on Deerfield and Glenbrook, where, you know, that house that you've been talking about for the past couple months, look at those potholes right there. It's terrible. I would hate to drive in a subdivision looking terrible like that. Thank God I don't live here in the darn city of Lansing. I'm living in the Delhi area. But anyhow, while I was over there taking pictures of that, you know, road there on Deerfield, the... I heard some noise coming, selling motorcycles and all that. And here I had my picture ready to take a, you know, or my camera to take a picture of those potholes. And then these two came flying on down um, Glenbrook. You see the four wheel, he's doing a wheelie. He has to be going probably 45, 50 mile an hour. Same for that little motorcycle there. And just think of a pedestrian walk out into the road to their vehicle on the driver's side, they're going to get run right into. Same for a young child not knowing they got to pay attention to the traffic and they, you know, not mean walking down the road, but they're going to get hit. You got to do something about the subdivision over there in your ward, um, Hussein. And then last about that um, pool over there at Morris Park. That picture I took here back in like 2008, when it was still open, of course. 
look at it now it is in terrible shape and you're getting this 25 million dollar from the federal government us hard-working taxpayers not putting no money towards repairing that and fixing it i suggest you do something because it's stupid waiting it's too late now it would have been much cheaper before the pandemic but you waited and now it's too late maybe you should do what they did years ago here in lansing over at Kriegel Park, there on Mount Hope, to get a grant Thank from you. the state of Michigan DNR you, and sir. get it fixed. Thank you. Our next speaker is Jessica Behrens. Good evening, everyone. Uh, I just wanted to come up here really quick and give a huge thank you to the city clerk's office uh, for the opportunity to intern with them for the semester. Uh, the time feels like it's gone so fast, um, probably because I've learned so much and I've really enjoyed everything that I've worked on. Um, a year ago, I was pretty lost on what I wanted to do um, as far as after I graduated, and this experience has been a really nice eye-opener. Um, to what I want to go into as far as working in government, um, and I'm truly excited to take everything I've learned um, into my future as I graduate. And I also want to thank council as well, because, you know, seeing this every week, I've come to council meetings. Um, it's just been interesting to see everything. So I just wanted to thank you. Um, some positivity, I guess, we can end off on. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And with no other business before the body, we are adjourned at 918.